Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. is Tech News Today for Sunday, March 13th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look professional. Get started with a free package at FreshBooks.com. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. And I'm Sarah Lane. And we are live at South by Southwest Interactive in Austin, Texas. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Good crowd. Good crowd. Yeah. I see, I see some bunch. familiar faces Man. out there, too. All the way as far as the eye Jim. can see. Yeah. I can't yeah. see The horizon, far. even. Black people. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for coming out uh, to see us here. We're live at Momo's, uh, 6th and Rio Grande in Austin, Texas. It's a great little spot. Uh, it is, man. That's fantastic. Big hand for the Momo's folks. Thanks, Momo's hey, folks, hey, for hosting hey, us. Hey, hey, hey. You guys rock. And uh, a big uh, hand to Live View for uh, providing the bandwidth that we're, we're streaming along here. We've got the new Live View HD Woo! unit as well. Uh, Live View, the LU60, released in January uh, 2011, actually Working has like the YMAX bonded in along with the, uh, the other 3G cards. You get as much as you can possibly out of it. Uh, and we have a great panel joining uh, me and Sarah today. Uh, Jason Howell is here. He's back behind the, uh, behind hey, the curtain. Like Woo! a dirty secret. Uh, but Brian oh. Brushwood, host of NSFW show Frame Rate and Scam School on Revision 3. Howdy. The first How's it going, guys? Good, yeah, Brian. How's it going? How was your show yet last night? Oh, dude, it's fantastic. For a show that was consisting of fully one half of it being stuff that were harebrained schemes we had the night before, everything went off fantastically. It was amazing. Well, I hope this show follows in that footsteps. <laughs> I'm being a bunch of harebrained schemes. <laughs> uh, John Strickland from Tech Stuff Podcast. Good to have you back on the show. Howdy. Welcome. Thank you. How's your South by Southwest going so it's far? It's great. I'm on vacation. I'm not officially here, so I've just been going to all I'm the sorry. parties. Our unnamed host. <laughs> Thank company you. Yes. doesn't know he's here. <laughs> uh, we'll yeah. just call him John. It's fantastic because it's the opposite of CES. At CES, I go to all the, the stuff in the day, and then I never have anything left for the parties. And here, I've been doing the opposite. I've been going to all the parties and sleeping all day. It's so what great. you're saying is you're getting the dregs of John- Jonathan Strickland right now. Yeah, you might be able to hear that. Could you hear the dregs? Uh, and of course, joining us as uh, I do quite often at South by Southwest, apparently, because last time I had you on the show was on Buzz Out Loud at South by Southwest. I just follow you. Baratunde Thurston, comedian and digital editor. Director of digital. Director of digital. I knew I'd screw it up. I should have written it down. At The Onion. Welcome, man. It's good to have you on the good show. Good to be back. Yeah. Thank you so good much panel. for having me. Hey, everybody. Hey, fellow panelists. Let's get our panel on. It is, uh, <laughs> And then there is tech news today. Oddly enough. Uh, big news broke yesterday. Actually, we were on the live stream uh, walking around when people started talking about it. Joshua Topolsky, editor-in-chief of Engadget, is leaving uh, AOL's Engadget. Uh, also, Nilay Patel. We've had him on the show a bunch of times. Love Nilay. He is leaving Engadget as well. Uh, they joined the Millers, Chris and Paul, uh, not related, by the way, who have both left Engadget previously. And... Uh, it's it's kind of bad news for AOL. I don't think it's bad news for Engadget necessarily. They got a good strong staff. I think they'll they'll continue just fine. Uh, but it's really you know it's really bad news for AOL to see a lot of top names like that leave. Yeah, 
Is that is that a case? Is there something about the AOL, AOL corporate culture that's the causing AOL an, way? Yeah, or, or is the, that the, killing? Is there an exodus that, like from AOL? Yeah. Well, the I, AOL way, of course, was that it was kind of a leaked strategy document of sorts that upset some folks who had been, I guess, grandfathered yeah, into see, the it AOL seemed to, umbrella. To value like, selling ads over content, right? Right. Not that you got to do both, right? But the, yeah. You know, that, like heavily that, weighted toward the money. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody who works in editorial wants to think that uh, the, the the brand is simply business. Although, of course, that's a big element of it. But I guess it got to a tipping point that upset some folks. I mean, Paul Miller was very um, vocal about. He was leaving because he did not agree with the AOL strategy. Now, Josh Sapolsky is leaving in a very different manner. Uh, He is going to remain as an editor-at-large the way Ryan Block did when Ryan left Engadget. He's still considered sort of an emeritus member of Engadget. Is that what editor-at-large means? Uh, What is that title? It kind of means whatever you want it to mean. It means we really don't know what to do with this person, so we'll Uh, He's at-large. Plus you keep the business cards, which is nice. Uh, And he's apparently going to continue to host the Engadget show, the the big uh, television show they do in New York. So is he just, is this more about him making space in his schedule to do other cool things than leaving AOL? Yeah. Um, no, John. You don't. Think I think so? I think this is another example of culture shock that you get when when companies merge together or one company. You wouldn't have any another. experience that you could talk about <laughs> related not, to this kind of. Let's thing. Let's not bring me into this. Okay, all right. Uh, I worked for I worked for seven years with a human resources consulting firm before I got into writing about tech, and we specifically would help companies try to merge cultures together and that's a really tricky situation you can sometimes have two companies that you think are actually really similar uh, this is not necessarily one of those cases but even even with two similar companies you're going to have a lot of culture shock and there's some people who just cannot make that you know that move to adapt to the mm. new culture and it's tough i mean even i've never seen a completely smooth transition either from one side where I'm in a company that's being acquired or is merging with another or as, you know, working with the consultants. It's just I've never seen it happen. So this sort of thing I expect to see um, whenever you you get a a content provider being acquired by a larger corporation. This would be the first time large business has ever had any problems in this country, though. So that's kind of shocking. Apparently also this doesn't have anything to do with AOL uh, acquiring Huffington Post. But at the same time, it is, I mean, things are getting uh, shaken up in the technology side of AOL. So, you know, it remains to be seen, um, you know, supposedly Engadget and TechCrunch, which AOL also owns, None of their editorial staff was going to be touched, and this doesn't appear to be. This is just—it's not part of the layoff. Yeah, this is yeah. just coincidental timing. But you know, it'll be interesting to see how things shake up the next few months. Now, did, uh, you, did to, you read actually? To, I was going to say, Topolsky uh, had a. It seems to be leading on very good terms. They allowed him to write a goodbye post on Engadget that was almost tearjerking. <laughs> did you read the? Did you read the thing? It's beautiful. Yeah. I, don't it's it's, I don't know if it's indicative. Poetry. I don't know if it's indicative of the way he writes. But if, if I may, I'd like to give a dramatic reading of just the last paragraph. Are you, are you holding two eye devices to of read this I, one that's article? How, that's how impressive this writing is. <laughs> it requires this. Here we go. This is just the last paragraph. Now, I don't know if this is how he always writes. But this is how it comes across. Hold on, here we go. And with that, I'm shuffling over towards the door. Just underneath that dim exit sign that keeps blinking on and off. It's fluorescent bulbs cracking with some kind of syncopated rhythm all their own. It's just started to rain a little bit outside. <laughs> but I've got my coat and umbrella. I'll be fine. And so will you. Till we meet again. Oh, and then the thunder and the lightning. 
don't go. That was beautiful. But the thing is, is like he's still hosting the Engadget podcast, which, by the way, is it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and he says, I'm going to continue to do so it's like, to work in the tech news space. So he's obviously got an idea of where he's going with this. Right. And he's taking Neelai with him. Yeah. Exodus. Mm-hmm. And great Engadget Exodus. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next story. Judge uh, Teresa Buchanan in the Eastern District of Virginia has ruled that the government must give over all the information they asked for from Twitter. This is regarding the WikiLeaks case. Uh, the government was seeking full contact details. Uh, for the accounts, IP addresses used to access the accounts, connection records, and data transfer information uh, for several people, including an Icelandic member of parliament, Birgitta Jan's daughter, uh, Julian Assange, you might have heard of him, uh, Bradley Manning, uh, the, who is suspected of leaking classified information to WikiLeaks, uh, U.S. Representative J- uh, Jacob Applebaum, and Dutch businessman and activist Ron Gongrip. Uh, essentially, they don't want the content of the posts, which is why the judge allowed it. They said they're not seeking the content. Uh, the subjects did not have standing to challenge the government's request for the records because they had no expectation of privacy when they were giving that information to Twitter. Now, when we were talking about this before, I forget who it was that made the, it was probably you, Tom, that made the comparison. It's like, you know, we don't want to know what's in this UPS package. We just want to know the length, the width, the height, that, that was the John. weight. John, it was brilliant when <laughs> you said that. He very upset at not getting but, uh, credited. No, 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 it was fantastic. It was, it was a brilliant, it was like, if you know everything about it except for what's in the package, what's right. the point? How yeah. is that any different? Yeah. No, it, it is exactly the same sort of thing. You know, you're talking about, well, I know how much the package weighs. I know what kind of envelope it is. I know what the address is. I know exactly how much you paid to ship it, but I have no idea what's inside it. So therefore, it's okay for me to have all the information. Yeah. Now, you can but, reconstruct the a whole world around the package. It's essentially saying, it's essentially I would like, the, pa- I would like the, packing the packing slip, yeah. but I don't need to, I don't need a search, I don't want to have to get a search for it. Well, and, and that's the that's of course the, the the rub is the question is not whether or not they're entitled to the information. They can ask for anything they want as long as they get a warrant. The question is whether or not they can do it without even bothering to get a warrant. Right. And yeah. I, I don't see how that's okay. All right, uh, Twitter also telling third party devs to go take a flying leap. Uh, on the developer's mailing list. That might be a little harsh. Ryan Sarver of Twitter's platform team said the developers should no longer attempt to build conventional Twitter client applications. Uh, and he says 90% of Twitter's audience is not using a third-party client anymore. So stop making those clients. The tweet decks, the seismics of the world, they can continue They're to develop their in. software, but right. we're not going to allow any more. And they've actually changed the API terms to be much more strict. Uh, the intention is to block developers from presenting their own trending topics or follow a recommendations in Twitter client applications. So here's okay, one. I just realized what Topolsky's probably going to do is start a tech blog just with the vowels of Engadget to do the flip side of a... Uh, <laughs> you, nice. Yeah, no, nice. Your mind, I, I love being on the show with Brushwood. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> I'm the um, one who thought it was funny. Thank you. <laughs> uh, GDGT. Is, anyway, but back to the Twitter story. This is a money play, right? Because they're now selling promoted trends. They're selling uh, recommended accounts and promoted accounts. So they don't want another client with a huge user base pushing its own recommended accounts that conflict or certainly don't support what Twitter's already sold to a paying advertiser. So that's probably a big part of it. Plus a consistent user experience, as they said. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, when Twitter first launched, the, the biggest story about Twitter, as far as we could see, besides the fact that people were starting to really adopt it, was how is it going to sustain, sustain itself? We, we, the question asked over and over again is, when is Twitter going to get a real business model? Mm-hmm. And then once Twitter starts to form a business model, it has to find a way to defend it so that it can continue to actually generate revenue and not depend upon investment after investment to stay afloat. I mean, we all recognize how important Twitter is. 
And I think that's the thing is that Twitter recognizes it too. And so they're, they're taking some pretty drastic steps to, to ensure that. And you could argue that maybe their, their approach is not necessarily the best approach to do that. And, I mean, that's, that's a valid argument, I think. But I, I, I do see their need to make that sort of defense. Here's one other. Can I, I feel the mic real quick? So we actually bought promoted trends through The Onion on Twitter, and one of the limitations was that they didn't work in all clients. Oh, uh-huh. So if you're buying something for Twitter, you want it to work on Twitter. And you don't want it to work on just Twitter.com or Twitter clients, not on Seismic and not on SweetDeck. So there is the concern of the purchaser as well as the end user. Like that user experience really applies to the buyer experience as well. If you can't guarantee you're going to get in front of everybody using Twitter, then you have to start discounting the rate because it didn't reach 100% of the user base. It's a weird, well, I, I, you know, I don't question. think anybody's questioning Twitter's ability yeah. or right to make those changes to yeah, yeah. the agreement. The big question is, is this going to have a chilling effect on the development of new Twitter products using the API? You've got to admit that Twitter was built on the backs of hardworking entrepreneurs who decided to create all these wildly different oh, clients, yeah. all these wildly yeah. different applications. And I'll tell you, when we read this story, uh, sitting right next to me, Patrick Delahanty is the guy who's doing the guts of the Afterlife Me project that we're working on. And his concern was like, did I just waste the last three months of my life? What's going on here? Well, I mean, you just you said something really important. That's wildly different Twitter experiences. I mean, Twitter has lost uh, control of what uh, your Twitter experience is versus mine, and they want us to have the same experience or, you know, very close together. I mean, at replies, DMs, retweeting, that was all something that kind of happened organically in the Twitter experience. Yeah, we forget that at replies were not built into Twitter. Yeah. No. Yeah. That was a user innovation. And you're welcome, America. Yeah. I mean, and the world. You actually spelled Baratunde with an app. That's, I mean, I kind of started that part. Yeah. <laughs> you know, retweeting, Twitter has, remember when they, when they rolled out the new retweet? Well, a lot of clients still let you retweet the old way. Right. Twitter doesn't like that. And it is messy. I mean, yes, it's good to have for, for users to have choices, but the end result is something that Twitter looks at and is like, you know what, there's too many versions of this, we have to regain control. And that also applies to, they have a lot of employees now, they need to pay their people, they need to have a sustainable business model. It sounds like people are bristly because Twitter's not being, I don't know, well, they changed, the, they changed the it. terms of the deal. Pray they don't alter it further. <laughs> well, that's yeah, what I'm that's, getting at. Yeah. Is, that, is that for a company that derives so much benefit from people coming up with all these wild ideas, if they know that out there they have a history now of Twitter just pulling the rug out from underneath you, that makes it to where it's like, well, do I really want to invest all this time knowing that Twitter has a history of changing all the rules just like that? I mean, they encourage the development, and then once it's gone a certain amount of way, they've drawn a line in the sand, which is this is now core. This is us. And so the, the, the open question that we were talking about ahead of time was, does that line keep moving? Yeah. Will, and and will, what's my incentive will to keep location, developing will if I'm worried on top of Twitter be what? prohibited what? later down the line when they consider that core to their business is something they then want to sell? What, what I'm hoping it is is that they follow the model of essentially what happened with Apple, where it's like the App Store, go nuts, do whatever you want. Just don't duplicate functionality that we already have in this device. And if that's all it is, if it's a case like, hey, don't touch our golden goose of the Twitter page of the Twitter client – uh, then uh, you will still have that creativity and that momentum to keep making new products. Until Twitter starts selling it and then changes the terms two years later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ryan Zarber maybe said... Maybe you made your money by then. Uh, yeah, that's true. Developers, yeah. uh, if they want to know if they should build client apps that mimic or reproduce the mainstream Twitter consumer client experience, the answer is no. I right. mean, clear as day. 
All right. Uh, in addition to thanking Momos for uh, for hosting us, thanking Live View for helping bring the bandwidth, we we got to thank our sponsor FreshBooks uh, for their support of TNT. If you're a small business owner or a freelancer, uh, just you should know about FreshBooks. It's an online invoicing service that stops the headaches of having to make an invoice. Brian and I were talking about this the other day about. You know, you, you make an invoice yourself in Word, and it looks like you know your kindergartner made it, and then you're sending it, it, it off to it this company. It doesn't start off looking that way. It's when I don't you mean try to, to insult your kindergartner. No, no, no. It's it's when you try to, to change it for someone, and you forget to change the address yeah, on there, yeah, yeah, or the yeah. phone number, or the date, or whatever. You just look like a child. With FreshBooks, you get professional-looking invoices. You can use your own logo. They're customized. All the information is tracked. They play the heavy. They go and do the collecting for you. Uh, If you're any kind of freelancer, you have to do any kind of of billing. I I recommend you, you try it out. Uh, they'll even, for a little extra charge, mail the invoices the old-fashioned way by giving them uh, to a man on a pony. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Where do you get uh, ponies nowadays? I, I don't know. What, can you make them at only the deliver by store. pony? I know they a guy. A I'm not sure if it's totally customizable to that at that level or not. Because if yeah. I ran that kind of business, I would deliver all invoices I'll via ha- pony. I'll have to ask them about that. Yeah. Uh, but if you try out FreshBooks for free today, you get three clients absolutely free. Uh, you can set up an account, and all through March, they are giving away cakes. Cake. Free yeah. cake. Yeah, a cake. Like regular cake? A not cake cup a day. It's a birthday cake. It's a birthday cake, a birth- but it doesn't have to be your birthday. That's the best part. It's your unbirthday cake, just for joining FreshBooks. Unbirthday sounds like a weird thing. They're drawing a name. One a day. It means you become one year younger the moment you eat it. It's amazing. Youth cake. I will take I mean, ten of great. those cakes. You Thanks, can only Fresh win books. one a day. Okay. And I think once you win one, you're done. You have to let other people win, John. Sorry. Right. Okay. Anyway, FreshBooks.com, we thank them for their support of Tech News today. On to Google Circles. Uh, not, as Baratunde was wondering in the prep meeting, uh, Google having a proprietary shape. That's but what I thought. Re- yeah. It's not, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Google but, reintroduces the circle. Yeah. We, we've, <laughs> in we've a whole it. new way. You've it's, never known That before. would be Apple. It's revolutionary. <laughs> You're going to love this circle. Uh, no, Google Circles is, a, uh, is a, a, a sharing system that's reputed to be under development. They have things. They do refer to social circles a lot. There was a rumor that today... Uh, at South by Southwest, they were going to demonstrate the new Google Circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google told Liz Gaines at All Things D, absolutely not. Uh, we are not going to do any sort of thing. And, and they were very careful to deny it in a way that didn't confirm the Google Circles existed either. Uh, but it, it's pretty intriguing that there would be another thing on top of Google Buzz and the, and the profile pages that Google would be getting into. Is this total hubris? Is this silliness that Google is trying all these things? Or is this the brilliance of it knowing, hey, you don't take on Facebook head-to-head. You eat away at them a little by little where you already have the audience in search. Well, I think Google Buzz, we can all agree, was not... Uh, you know, it, it kind of Good. It, well. Awesome. It's, I, don't, I actually don't have a problem with Google Buzz. I just don't think that it caught on in the way that Google would have liked. Um, right. You mean positive at all? I'm trying to be positive about this. Okay, yeah, I still I don't use like Google Buzz. Buzz. Buzz do you yeah, really? I mean, what do you use Google Buzz for? I have, You're the I have guy. friends. You're the guy. I, I have friends who who refuse to use Twitter, and so they use Google Buzz. And I will log on Google Buzz to see what's going on with them. Are Some those friends do. working there's, at Google? No, actually, it's funny. They actually work at Twitter. It's weird. Yeah, it is kind of odd. They're Twitter developers. 
The idea of sharing with only the most appropriate people uh, kind of reminds me of what Path is doing, mm-hmm. where they limit your Which, friends. That's the, uh, that's the rumor about Google Circles, right? Yeah. 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 Is that it's, it's not like Twitter, where you're just blasting out to the world and people follow you. It's I choose very specifically 50 people in this room, and then I can share more intimate moments, or, you know, my new baby. I don't have a baby, by the way. Not, there's no baby. <laughs> that was just I, an I example. Two. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a different way of thinking where <laughs> you're not... It's not a shoving out into the world, which a lot of people have accused Google Buzz of being. It's just it's just a bunch of nonsense, and no one's really having a discussion. If you limit the the folks that you're sharing with, you have more organic discussions. Yeah. And yeah. It's very possible that Google Circles is another one of those twenty percent time things where you know, because sure. which is where you start to see these conflicts where you'll see, well, that sounds kind of like Google Buzz, but it sounds kind of like you know this, that, or the other, and mm-hmm. and a lot of that is because Google gives the its employees this this freedom, this twenty percent freedom. So that they can develop other projects, and sometimes these projects turn into things, and sometimes they don't. And they just have so many resources; they can keep launching things. They have right, a lot of torpedoes it. of various shapes and sizes, and why not? I mean, social's got clearly very important, uh, and they're not strong in it, and they want to survive in the future and thrive. So Watch, let's just launch a new thing. Watching Google try to break into the social media space and become a dominant force there really reminds me that that we got to remember Google is no longer the young upstart it is the empire and when it, something goes wrong it just builds another Death Star <laughs> yeah. this one's slightly different and if you build it up Death Stars you're sooner or later going to blow up Alderaan and or it's you go fully backwards. operational <laughs> so true it's a well known business school maxim <laughs> what when all else fails make blow up Alderaan make the exhaust port smaller <laughs> that's right <laughs> I learned something today. <laughs> All right. Uh, South by Southwest is going on in Austin, oh, is Texas. Do any of you out there know that? Hey, South now. Southwest. What does that even mean? Yeah, it's a music festival. It happens later next week. Oh, Just stay in town. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Oh, that's, that's a bummer. Sounds so, fun. Uh, there's a, this is the year it's, it's gotten huge. We said that last year, Last year, right? year I, I felt like we said, this <laughs> is the year it's gotten huge. Well, this right. is the year. This year, but then the year I think before. it really got huge. This I'm is the year sure that we said that last year. This is you know, the year that I came I was here. saying, this is the year so. it's getting huge, and this is really the year. All right. I, I think this is the year it got huge because I walked past a CNN live truck yesterday, and I was like, okay. Parked so in front of a restaurant that had been turned into a CNN restaurant. Yeah, see, this yeah, I don't remember so what it over. used to be, but it wasn't that last year. No. Yeah, they just put that mm. sign up at about 2 a.m. on a Friday morning. I saw them doing it under uh-huh. the dead of night. It was a little shady. The, well, the level of commitment. I mean, this is a totally new thing as far as I'm able to see. The pop-up Apple Store, the pop-up CNN Cafe Grill. I mean, this is amazing that they're actually making... You can't South walk two feet without your foot getting run over by a food truck sponsored by some dot-com yeah, social network. Or an yeah. Uber pedicab. Yeah. What I want is a CNN food truck. Really, at this point, if you're paying for food in Austin, you're a sucker. You're doing yeah. it wrong. You are not winning. Not winning. I mean, not winning. Yeah, well, and do we think... Uh, I've been comparing it to like almost getting Comic-Con levels because the show has definitely moved out of the convention center. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still there, but they take over the entire convention center instead of sharing it with the wedding show like I, they used to you know, years yeah. back. I and, would not compare it to Comic-Con just because Comic-Con is still very much top-down. It's from the producers of the content deciding how everything will be created. This is still very much... It's very morphous. It's much more Dragon-Con. Everybody's deciding their own level of involvement. I mean, you're still walking down the street getting random... Chipmunks giving you throwing acorns at your face, and then they won't then tell you why. The records tell you what only happened is. to you. What was that all about? I'm having a much well, different they hired experience. That guy who yeah, I don't know. You have a weird South by. Yeah, that's a true story. Brian and I had uh, people dressed as chipmunks throwing nuts at us and then yelling a URL. <laughs> oh, but they squirrel. wouldn't. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a, it's a, oh, it's like, it's like an Insta paper for video. Oh, yeah. thank you. That's oh, all see, they needed to say. Was that so hard for a squirrel? Apparently, I'm now vice president of marketing. I think they were telling you. You were just confused. You know, it's interesting, though. You mentioned the conference getting more spread out. I'm not staying anywhere downtown. I mean, it's not too far away. It's like at the ATT Conference Center. And they, some panels are taking place there. That is farther away than any panel outside of the conference center that I've been to in years past. I mean, there's been spillover, but this is really, that's quite a trek. It's not even really walkable unless you've got a half an hour to kill. And it's... The more spread out things get, yes, they can accommodate more folks, but this is not the we're all under one roof south by southwest of years past. Before we move off of this story, though, I want to get from each of you what you think it is. Like, what is South by Southwest Interactive? Why are people coming? What's the deal? CES, it's about gadgets. Comic-Con, it's about, you know, sci-fi fantasy comics. Dragon Con, the same way. Baratunde, what what is South by Southwest Interactive? Why are all these people coming here? CNN is grilling burgers now. (laughs) That would be it. Yeah. (laughs) It was the smell of burgers. They're getting out of the news business, getting into the meat business. Nerds from around the country were drifting on their noses. It's nothing like hearing James Earl Jones call out your order. It's fantastic. (laughs) Number 173. Exactly. This is BLT. No, the um, I think honestly for me it's been like this. South by has a great intersection of people who actually build things, of people who finance the building of those things, of actual artists and designers and people who care about user experience and not just the building of things, but the experience of those things. You get all that together, and that's kind of a funky mix. It's not just about boxes; it's about the vision around the services that sometimes come through boxes, and it's pretty unique with film and music right alongside it. And Austin. Austin's a big part of it. So yeah, yeah. I think I stole all your answers right there. John, do you have any answers? I would, I would add that, it, that along with all those people, it also adds in the actual users. Yeah. So yeah. You, get, you get the experience of you got all the people who are building the stuff, all the people who are funding the stuff, all the people who care about the user experience, and then the actual users there. You've got instant feedback. Yep. I mean, that's why we've seen things like Foursquare and Twitter have big presence at, at, at previous South Bys. And so, uh, not me. I mean, this is my first one. That's the other reason why Welcome. this is a big one is because I'm here. Yeah, that was a big, another big. <laughs> I mean, burgers well, I and Strickland. Back. That's it. But yeah, I, no, I, I totally agree. I think it's and and the fact that it that here we have this place where we can have uh, uh, informal meetings where we're just chatting, like now. Yeah, kind of like now. Like this was done not, not planned. It was amazing that the microphones were here. But uh, no, when we have these these little informal chats that. That lead into discussions that where people actually start to change their products mm-hmm. here. Like they, they're, oh, you know what? That's a feature I never even thought of. That's amazing, and we could totally make that happen. And then, you know, you know, you're going back to go to sleep for a good four hours, maybe, and they're going back to start Work. plugging in more features into what they've already developed for South by. Yeah, I forget whose tweet I'm totally stealing right now, but somebody just put a simple analogy up that said CES is to gadgets as South by Southwest is to relationships. It is a chance to actually interact in meat space, and for all the letters and emails that you send back and forth and trying to explain why you should check out my podcast, there's nothing like sharing a beer with someone and realizing that the two of you have a connection and that you both see things the same way. Uh, You know, I, I, I think there's a tremendous value to interacting one-on-one with real people. But unfortunately, I wonder how long... Um, it's, it's very difficult to monitor that. When we were talking to the folks over at AOL, I asked them, you know, they, of course, have this tremendously big display. They're displaying all their AOL content. They're doing interviews. They're collecting a bunch of content. They're begging people to tweet out with hashtag. I forget what the AOL hashtag was. But I said, well, are you tracking any of that? They're like, oh, no, it's too much going on. And so it's like nobody's really able to track. And it's all these these... 
bizarre ways that you interact with each other and you have no idea until months from now you find out, oh, you're the reason I showed up on that recommended list. I'm so glad that you enjoy. I'm so glad that we shared that beer two years ago at South by Southwest. I think you just described the need for a new app. What's that? Something that keeps track of all that. Good luck, bro. (laughs) There are five of them, actually. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't want to be one of those people who says, oh, South by Southwest has jumped the shark. Because, again, people said that last year. They're going to say it next year. And we're all still going to be here next year. And it's a lot of fun. That said, Tom and I were having a conversation yesterday when we, we were having breakfast and we checked in at the same restaurant and noticed, oh, wow, there's some friends of ours over at Two Tables Over. And Foursquare just told us that. And it's like, this is actually where Foursquare is most useful and most fun because it re- you really want to end up at the same place as somebody. And you know, it doesn't happen necessarily in everyday life in the town that you live in normally or the city. That said, it seems to have taken a backseat to the Foursquare party that everybody has to go to on Saturday night where it's like, you're not even really talking about Foursquare. You're just supposed to go because they're having a party and they have money to have a party. So the little guys, you're not going to go to their party because there either isn't one or they can't get you to, um, they, you know, they can't lure you in. So that's where I, I feel like a lot of people come to South By and they talk about all the fun partying and it's so crazy and nobody slept and yeah, that's fun, but do you leave getting anything out of it? And I don't know a lot if a lot of people are even trying at this point. Uh, yeah, that's a good question because I, I have always made the case for covering South by Southwest uh, that this is where people talk to each other. This yeah. is where people interact. A lot of the stuff Brian was saying. It was really hard to make that case because there's no news comes out of South by Southwest, right? Not very much. Not as it's, much as you would it's, expect. It's, not, it's not that kind of it's a show. It's not a product right. release show. It's, this it's, it's usually a, like I was, you know, standing around with Jonathan Colton and Scott Simpson, and we were having this great conversation about, you know, what what podcasts should be. And I got these great ideas, and I'm going to take them back and, and try to implement them. Uh, it gets harder to do that that as the show grows. And you know, that's, I think that's a really good point. And it's almost uh, when you think of CES, all the biggest announcements, all the things that you care the most about, are the things that happen at the highly centralized gatherings whereas South by Southwest is so distributed and it's not only physically geographically distributed but also in different social networks and it's it's these little things that have big impact in your business relationship for years to come mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right uh, the other big Agreed. thing that happened during South by Southwest but this might have been marketing genius on Apple's part uh, was the iPad 2 uh, release March 11th 5 p.m. you could go online and order it as well they had a pop-up store we talked about that. by the way that pop-up store I mean I wanted that thing to be made of like aluminum foil yeah. and umbrellas. It looked like an Apple store. It's you a store. You wanted it to actually pop it's up. It's not a pop-up. Yeah. I wanted lie. to be able to knock it over yeah. if I wanted to. Yeah. I mean, just take an Apple and take, store. Take any floor. Apple store yeah, and take everything but iPads out of it and you've got the <laughs> right. pop-up store. Yeah. Sarah wanted to see an 18-wheeler roll up and full-on Michael Bay transform into a freaking Apple store. Right, and then like a Bon Jovi concert pops up. I don't think I was asking that much. Take that, Steve Jobs. It actually would have been cooler if they just put an 18-wheeler in the middle of a field and did let you like walk through it. Yeah. Enter one in, leave short and some corn maze walk, on your way there. Belt. Yeah. Actually, yeah, they, they pull yeah. your wallet out automatically. <laughs> Quick uh, pull. It's kind of what Transfer they do. Transfer the anyway. money. You know, it's yeah. just, you, why take, uh, take the humanity out of it? Let the machines so finish I, Well, it was pretty successful, this pop-up store. I mean, they had more iPad 2s, which was the only thing that they're selling at the pop-up store. It's not a full Apple store in that regard. More um, more models at this store in Austin. The only uh, store that had more was the Fifth Street or Fifth Avenue store in New York. Oh wow! Wow. I'm, I'm kind of curious who here. And by the way, they're sold out now. Who up here actually has one of the iPad twos now? I do. 
Who in the audience has one as well? I'm a holdout. I should say that I don't personally own it. Oh, my, oh, my wife. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that too. Okay. My wife. Now, many is this like Homer buying large bowling balls? We'll have to be waiting a while. Yeah, no, you're right. Who ordered online and hasn't gotten theirs yet? Anybody? Anybody done They're that? too busy Suckers. enjoying Austin. This guy, he doesn't, his buddy's outing him. He doesn't want to raise his hand. <laughs> He's like, Mm-mm, I didn't get one. Because, no well, way. because the thing is, the shipping dates keep changing. At first, it was three to four days. Yeah. Then it was a couple weeks. Now it's three to four weeks. Years, right? Uh, when you're and, and stores are running out of certain models. You, it's like really hard to find the By the, the time white. it shows up, Although the iPad like, 3 comes out. Uh, there was one story saying that AT&T, if you ordered it online through them, that you could get it very fast. Now, there's also talk about a few issues, as there always is whenever any product comes out, and especially an Apple product, uh, about a light leak and some yellowing. This is similar to the last iPhone had whoa, a little whoa, yellowing. Whoa. I, can we pause right there? Yeah. A light leak and some yellowing. Yeah. <laughs> we talking about little kids' problem here, or are we I talking think, about okay, a hold on. electronics device? Is it Flonase <laughs> that you take for that? No, that's something else. Um... But you actually, uh, you actually have the light leak, right, Brian? Uh, <laughs> I do not suffer from light leak myself. I am suddenly myself. not comfortable with this conversation. <laughs> I, I can say that I have witnessed Brian's light leak. Okay, do you, hold on. Do you, do you mind showing us? touched it, didn't uh, you? It was like 2 in the morning. See, yes, and and the story is not getting better, Brian. <laughs> and I went to look at some pictures. Point on the iPad leak. where the light leaks. <laughs> That's a, it was right here at the bottom. <laughs> Uh, no, it's uh, and I'll tell you, it, it was very, very frustrating because uh, I took I took the iPad home and in the dark you can't very well see it in the bright lights here. I'll do my best to show it to you. Uh, are we able to zoom in on that at all? You probably can't see it. All. I'm going to hold that up. Yeah, I don't it's, know if you're it's able. probably going to oh, yeah. be really hard to even, see. Even there, actually, there, even in the light, you can, can you zoom in a little bit farther there, Chad? Right, That's right, as far as it about goes. there. Well, you can see it there. It doesn't look like it's there at all. You know what it looks like? Taking your car to the shop. The water damage remnants I had after I dropped my iPhone in the toilet. What are you trying? Is it light leaks in toilets? Where is this going? What she's saying is Apple pre-dipped all iPads in the toilet. It's a similar look. Anybody, there are probably people out there who've dropped phones into water before, and you know, there's just it's it's fuzzy. Here was what was so frustrating was when I tried to search on it. I was searching the news. I figured the news. If I was the only one who had the problem, then there's a good picture of it right there. Uh, I figured other people would have the same problem as well. I was amazed how universally at the early reports, every news outlet really poo-pooed it. They're like, yeah, crybabies crying about the same problem last year. And it so isn't. You could tell, obviously, the problem last year was the adhesive on a white background, had a little bit of yellow discoloration. Uh, this is, I think, a very significant thing that affects my ability to enjoy it, especially in the dark, especially for an Apple product. When you pay the Apple tax and you want everything to be pretty, then damn it, it needs to look pretty. And I want to see yellow leaking all over my well, yeah, you're yeah. going to be able to exchange it. You know that, right? Uh, maybe, probably. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'm just holding iPad. Wrong. No, I understand it would be hard to enjoy yourself in the dark with a light leak. Okay, go on. Uh, finishing on a positive note, though, uh, lots of uh, people have been ripping this thing apart. Of course, iSupply always rips apart the gadgets, and uh, they have it. found that it's 50% faster. Uh, at browsing than the previous iPad. I mean, the, the, the dual core actually is clocked. The cores are clocked slower than the previous iPad, okay. but the way they are, are taking advantage of those cores uh, is very well done, and we're seeing some good performance awesome. ratings out of it. And, and, and I will definitely vouch, it is a better experience. When I literally side by side, even though technically this is my wife's is who I bought it for, I definitely there's a reason it's up here with me right now. Uh, I'm also enjoying the fact that because of the dual cores, they're really playing up the fact that the gap between console level gaming and the iPad is, is, is getting tinier and tinier. Yeah, the graphics uh, ch- chip in this thing is incredible, and, and that, that is 
and really impressive. especially being somebody who's on the road so much, I don't have time. I love my Xbox 360. I never get a chance to play it because I'm always on the road. I, I actually spent like 30 or 40 bucks buying a bunch of high-end games. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to getting into it. I have to say, I mean, it is so much thinner. I mean, that's true. But it really isn't that much lighter. And one of the issues oh, I that I have I think- is... Yeah, I don't. Well, it's not that much lighter. You guys should what, fight what, about but, it. But no, but here's here's why. Point two pounds. It, this is a great sleight of hand that they pulled. Nobody I know has their iPad Gen One outside of a case. So when you hold it, you are always holding it with a full-on case. Not only did they reduce it by a quarter of a pound or whatever, but on top of that, with by putting a different cover mm-hmm. that is Which significantly is lighter light. that has no coverage on the back, your subjective experience is that it is much much lighter. And that's the sleight of hand that uh, PT Jobs is great at. Yeah, well, nice. I think they're. I think <laughs> that's a wrap. The greatest show on earth. <laughs> Sucker board every minute. All right, let's finish with the discussion uh, based on some postings from analysts going on. Started on March 10th with Forrester Research Analyst Sarah Rotman Epps starting a conversation about the Motorola Zoom, HP Touchpad, Rim Playbook uh, not being as successful as the iPad because. They're too expensive, and they can't compete with the Apple Store channel. And a lot of the responding posts talked about that and how Apple really has the ecosystem locked down, and you can't mimic it it in Android because the manufacturer doesn't do the delivery. They're starting to speculate that Amazon could compete with Apple on this because Amazon makes Kindle, so they already make some hardware. If they made a tablet, and even if it ran Android, they could provide the MP3 store, the video store, the book store, and there's a rumor that they're building an app store. Suddenly, they're delivering that whole ecosystem the way Apple does. Is this this report based on an actual... Any actual information, or is it just a, a thought piece? It's just a thought piece. Okay. It's just okay. saying, like, wait a minute, we just noticed all this stuff, yeah. and Amazon's doing an app store. I bet that they would come out with so, a tablet. It would make sense. What you're saying is that if Amazon has all these things, so therefore it would make sense for it to be able to... It, it's easy to imagine they get into the tablet market. Uh, sort of similar to, it's easy to imagine that if a frog had wings, it would not <laughs> bump its butt every time it hopped. Well, I think it's a little stronger than that because they changed the way video works, right? They're giving the free wow. streaming, the free online demand uh, to, to, uh, to anybody who does Amazon Prime. Yep. They're also giving, uh, there's also developing an, Am- an app store. So there's a lot of signs. Yeah. It would be like if the frog had some bumps coming out of its back. It's like, I think those are wings. <laughs> okay. okay. I think it's growing wings. I think what, what part of what this speaks to is all of ours, maybe not every single person, but there's a strong demand for an alternative. Right? You see this great experience, but you also see shortcomings, and you know the, the, the group providing that great experience doesn't have a huge incentive to fill the gaps you want filled. You want an alternate system to collect funds. You want a new way to do subscriptions if you're a publisher. And Apple's just not going to, until they're forced, which is rare, they're not going to do it. They're going to do what they believe in. So people want this, and I think this thought piece kind of reflects a desire, maybe even a need in the market for just another strong player who has all those pieces together. Like, put it's the pieces together, almost, yeah. form yeah. Voltron, let's get it on. I, I think it would be a really bad idea for them to do a hardware thing because, first of all, what made the Kindle a success is the fact that it is a rejection of everything that's happening with the iPad. It's a rejection of everything you see with the Android tablets. It is The Kindle does one thing, and it does one thing exceptionally well, which is read books light and cheaply. Uh, I think they should continue to do that. Now, if they want to take advantage of the fantastic positioning they have, what they need to do is transform the way people perceive the Android App Store. Right now, with Apple, you're going to an App Store. It is the Apple App Store. 
Android, if you think of it as a mall, you have a bunch of different stores, each of them selling their own wares. Amazon should open up its own channel inside the Android mall where it can build up a very, you know, it could become the de facto best place in all of the, the way Android they did Kindle, with Kindle, where they said, we, do, we sell in a, a Kindle, but we want you to read Kindle everywhere. Exactly. You're saying the same thing with their marketplace. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting thought. All right, we got to move along so we can make room on the stage for this week in tech, but let's get to the news fuse. Egyptian blogger Hassam Arabawi came into possession of a CD from a raid on an Egyptian security agency. Uh, The CD had images on it, and he's been uploading a set of Secret Service officer pics to Flickr for the past week. Arabawi posted on his own blog that Flickr had removed the photos citing copyright infringement. Flickr says their guidelines prevent users from posting pictures that are not their own work. Uh, At least one Flickr community member, major community member, thinks this is disingenuous since lots of people post things on Flickr that are not their own work and don't get in trouble. Flickr, why do you have to go changing on us? While it's not as important as the human cost, not by a long shot, Japan's tech industry is taking a hit after the earthquake. The supply of flash memory chips will likely be affected by the earthquake, according to a report by Objective Analysis, which is a firm that does semiconductor-related market research. Over 40% of the world's NAND flash and roughly 50% of the world's DRAM are manufactured in Japan. This could slow down delivery of many of those products. An Engadget reader spotted an image at the Hulu website showing an image of a Samsung Nexus S, which, by the way, comes with Android 2.3, and the words select Android 2.2 devices coming soon with Hulu. Hulu is most likely waiting for implementation of DRM on the Android platform. Same thing that delayed the Netflix and... uh, the Netflix app on Android, but this ends up being true. Uh, could Google TV be far behind? Mm-hmm. Awesomeness. More places to watch more stuff that yeah. should. Twitter, uh, like Lindsay Lohan, but without the scram bracelet, has a probation officer. The Federal Trade Co- uh, Commission has accepted a settlement with Twitter over its 2009 security breaches. The FTC said that Twitter had serious lapses in the company's data security, and as a result, Twitter must now implement and maintain a comprehensive information security program that will be independently evaluated every other year for 10 years. Twitter is also barred from misleading consumers about its security practices for 20 years. I'm sorry. This is 2009. Uh, what, what, what was what was this story? I don't even remember this. Yeah, the, what, what, there was a, there was a, the hacks. A couple of yeah. hacks yeah. happened yes. on Twitter, and Some the FTC came someone, in and said, "You got to you got to shut things down. This is this is bad." Yeah, someone at Twitter set their password as password, and and then in twenty one years no, they but, get the, here's what I don't understand. Is this only that? applied to Twitter, or is this every technology? No, this is just a Twitter it's just case. Twitter. Yeah, but yeah. Wow, so that's... so but in twenty years they can go back to lying. I, yeah. Apparently, is that what it means? I don't know. I didn't even know that was permissible it's a probation. to start with. We'll see if the FTC is around. They in get in years. more trouble yeah. if they. They get in more <laughs> trouble. Gotcha, gotcha. Netflix is getting closer and closer to passing HBO in subscribers. Ooh, uh, yeah. No wonder Time Warner is so pissy about Netflix. According to SNL Kagan, HBO dropped seventy-five thousand subscribers in the fourth quarter, bringing them down to twenty-eight point two million. Meanwhile, Netflix gained seven point seven million subscribers Holy in the fourth quarter, cow. shooting past the twenty million mark. Uh, and leaving Showtime and Stars in the dust. This is, uh, I mean, this is a frame rate story right here. Yeah, it this, is. I could not be happier for this. For for all of the the dirty gritty details that are going to have to be worked out with the new media and the un- instant on demand. The experience of Netflix is still the best way to consume the vast majority of just about anything you're going to watch right now. What he said. 
Agreed. Like so many phones before it, the Samsung Galaxy S2, a.k.a. the GTI 9100, hit the FCC for authorization and revealed some juicy tidbits about itself. It supports 850 megahertz and 1900 megahertz GSM frequencies, making it most likely to be an AT&T phone and possibly have a Canadian version. It also shows 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz frequencies, meaning it'll almost certainly come with a dual band, 802.11, A, B, G, and N, Wi-Fi. Woo! All right, and then uh, real quickly before we get to the calendar, uh, I want to let people know that there are some good resource lists out there. If you're wanting to do something to help the folks in Japan and we all do. Uh, with the earthquake recovery, first of all, Apple is now taking Red Cross donations through iTunes uh, well for the Japan Relief Fund, awesome. uh, just using their store to pass along the money. They don't take a cut or anything 30%. like that. And then paid content, we'll have this link in our show notes uh, on the TNT Wiki, uh, has a bunch of resources for sending text messages to donate. Uh, in the U.S., you text Japan or Tsunami, T-S-U-N-A-M-I, to 20222, and it will donate $10 to the Save the Children Federation, helping out with kids uh, in Japan. Uh, you can also uh, text for Japan, the, the number four, and then the word Japan, to 2022, and it'll donate $10 to World Vision Inc. Uh, there's several other ways you can uh, donate text uh, by text messages uh, in the U.S. and Canada. And like I said, uh, go to paid content or look for it in our show notes. All right, to the calendar. No show tomorrow. No TNT. We're going to be on a plane, but that's not why we're not doing a show. We're not doing a show because we are observing International Pie Day. That's right. not like apple pie. That's like 3.14 pie day. Because yes. However, it's 3.14. Um, However, it's appropriate to eat pie. It is appropriate to celebrate National Pie Day by eating a piece yeah. of pie. And then the day after International Pie Day, you should eat more pie. Yeah. Because Sweet pie or savory. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Mints, pecan, mm-hmm. it's all good. Pizza pie? Nope. Yeah. Pizza Ooh. pie. Oh, oh my life is so much better. We're going to eat so much pizza. Uh, the official launch for users of Internet Explorer 9 is tomorrow. That's Monday, March 14th at 9 p.m. Pacific time. They already um, had an event to launch here at South by Southwest, but that's the official. Uh, HP is holding a press event March 14th. Uh, not the touchpad. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I mean, nobody seems to really care Anybody much. else want to speculate on what this... Whole Another printer. Event is about pizza pies. Oh, I love those. Those are Model so good. CRJ a printer you can fax things to to get them printed. Yeah. You just Instead talk to it and you print your stuff. Uh, the Samsung Galaxy Tab's Wi-Fi only version is rumored to be costing three ninety nine. It's going to arrive on April fourth. That's the unsubsidized version. Seems a little expensive, but it's unsubsidized. Yeah. And Google has shipped its last CR forty eight laptop for now. And not to me. Not to me either. No, not to me either. I got one. Uh, Chrome OS devices are still on track for the summer. Uh, so don't right. fret. Let's finish up with a, a couple emails to TNT at twit.tv. Uh, our first one here comes from John O. Uh, he is with OMF International in Japan. We have a lot of listeners in Japan, and so uh, several of them have been emailing to let us know what's going on for them. Uh, he says, been listening to TNT in Hokkaido, Japan. Social and new media has been playing a big part in the events of the past few days here. Twitter and social networks like Mixi, M-I-X-I, and Facebook are helping people contact family and friends while phones and other pathways are out of order. Skype has proved useful. Some TV stations have even been taking their streams online since their transmitters were damaged. And all of the old media and new media are coming together to find the best way to deliver necessary information. So instead of beating each other up, uh, because of this, they're like, let's just figure out where the signal is best and use that. Personally, Facebook and Twitter have been great, he says, for letting family and friends in the UK know I am safe and sound without getting a thousand one different emails to reply to. 
and to confirm members of our organization are safe and relay that information at home. Uh, one of our viewers in Silverdale, Washington, also has got to give it up for Skype, says, I was chatting with my mom on Skype when the earthquake hit in Japan. My mom was able to send in a few messages to me saying they were having an earthquake, then we were disconnected. I had no way of knowing if she was alive or dead. She was able to call me on her cell phone 30 minutes later to tell me she was okay. That was the last time I talked to her for almost a day because service was down, cell phone service was spotty, power wasn't restored for another 12 hours. I was able to message her on Facebook, uh, put, it, put a message on her Facebook page telling everyone else who might have been worried that she was okay and then I get uh, later on was able to video chat uh, with my parents on Skype to get updates from them because cell phones were still unreliable anyway long story short if I had not been chatting with her that night on Skype I would I would have woken up Friday morning had found out about the earthquake and I wouldn't have been able to get a hold of her Skype alleviated a lot of my fears and concerns and it didn't even cost me a dime thank you Skype so you know technology really really comes in handy in times like Very this. Very cool. And thanks to all the folks uh, in, in the audience out in Japan who took the time to, to email us and let us know how things are going. We know you have plenty of things to do. Uh, we're glad to hear that, that you all are doing Absolutely. safe. Absolutely. Brian Brushwood, thanks so much for uh, being on the show again and being here at South by Southwest. Of course, dude. It's in my backyard, literally. What uh, mm-hmm. What's next on the agenda for you? We, well, I, I believe I'm hanging around for, uh, for This Week in Tech. Later on, we're going to hit up all the parties. We're hoping that we could get one of the live units over to our friends at the URDB, the Universal Records Database, doing a big event over at the Highball here in Austin. And, of course, uh, you can see us on Frame Rate and NSFW on Tuesdays. Excellent. John Strickland, tell folks about Tech Stuff and what's going on there. Uh, yeah, we've got a... Uh, uh, it's over at HowStuffWorks.com. We've got a ton of podcasts. You may have heard of some of them, Stuff You Should Know, Stuff Mom Never Told You. I'm a co-host on Tech Stuff, and we're coming up on our 300th episode pretty soon, which is pretty cool. Thank you very much. So we're currently uh, accepting uh, listener submissions for topic ideas for Ah, our 300th episode. All right. Well, uh, and so they just go to, to the, the HowStuffWorks.com. HowStuffWorks.com, and we have all the links there. We actually have a new forum site as well. It's, it's really cool. If you haven't been to the site in a while, I really recommend you go check it out. Thanks, man. And thanks for being on the show. Love it. Great it. to have Love you. Love it. Baratunde, good to have you on the show. We've got to get nice you on the show here. sometime when it's not South by Southwest. I agree. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's do that. figure that out. Let yeah. folks know uh, what you're up to, where they so, can find First it. of all, your, your 300th episode should be about how the light leak works. Light leak works. That's oh, right. I, yeah, That'd I can totally do good. that. I, I've had a lot of research over at Shea Brushwood. In terms of uh, Onion stuff, we have uh, our TV show Tuesday night, Onion Sports Dome, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Friday night, Onion News Network on IFC, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern. And follow me, I guess, at Baratunde for my personal comedic political ramblings. I'll be in Austin all week. I want to party. You'll be here leaving, all the week. I'm leaving Saturday morning. I want to really take in Texas barbecue and life and love. Oh, yeah. Get meat drunk. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> hey, and thanks to everybody here. Th- th- my favorite yeah, guest, the audience. Yeah. Give yourselves a big hand. <laughs> Even the folks way back there, I hope you could hear. Thanks. Thanks for coming out. They thanks, everybody, yeah. for being at South by Southwest. Uh, once again, thanks to LiveView. Thanks to FreshBooks. Thanks to Momos for hosting us. They've been fantastic. Buy Love some it. drinks. Uh, tip your bartender. And uh, have a good time. Thanks to New Tech uh, for the TriCaster, actually. Yeah, we're trying out the new. Uh, the newest podcast, Jason.